Welcome to Recruiting in Action, a podcast focused on the future of the recruitment industry. Each week, you will find me, Liran Kutzel, CEO of Wood.io, in conversation with leading professionals in the recruitment sector. Thank you for joining us. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Recruiting in Action podcast. This time, we have Oshrat Binyamin as our guest. Oshrat is the VP of HR at Monday.com, one of the fastest growing tech companies coming out of Israel. Monday.com has recently gone public on the NASDAQ, and since its IPO, the company valuation has grown to more than $14 billion. Oshrat joined Monday a year ago, and since then, the company has grown from 600 team employees into 1,000 employees today. Before joining Monday, Oshrat had an exceptional career started as a tech recruiter and then served as an HR manager in many top tech companies. Oshrat is here to share with us her incredible experience. We will discuss how her company faces the most critical challenge of fast-growing business, hiring and retaining the best people. This goal became even more challenging in today's highly competitive market, and we will discuss how companies such as Monday.com is facing this challenge. We will also discuss how technology contributes to facing those challenges. So stay tuned because it's going to be an interesting conversation. How shot? I'm very happy Hi. to have you with us today. Happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. With pleasure. So for start, Ashrat, we both know each other for quite a long time, and I had the chance to see how fast your career has developed. So maybe uh, would you mind give us a quick overview for our listeners about your career journey and maybe quick introduction to Monday.com? Yeah, of course. So first of all, um, yeah, we go well back, um, you and I, and I think uh, I owe you yeah, yeah. the first opportunity that I got um, in the HR industry and specifically in tech recording. Um, so as you mentioned, I started in tech recording as part of a um, recruiting agency focusing on um, tech, uh, tech people and tech positions uh, after spending several years um, um, in this company, should I say the name or should? Sure. Okay. So uh, it's in your LinkedIn, I guess. No. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, in CV, spending six years in uh, in in CV, it felt like a home. Um, I felt um, that I want to do more besides recording and to feel how HR looks from um, within, like from the um, internal part of the company. And I decided to join um, a startup company named Excelate as an HR manager. It was an end-to-end role, sort of like a full-stack HR. Um, did everything as a one-woman show. Um, spent nine months in the company until we got acquired, um, or um, um, what people call we made an exit. Um, and we were integrated into the Nielsen company, um, very global um, US uh, um, company. Uh, we had the experience of uh, being the place of, uh, in the good place of acquisition. Uh, and, and we grew the company since the acquisition a lot. We tripled our headcount and I, supported our group in Israel and also started supporting later on our group in the US. Uh, Most of that was uh, uh, tech and some professional services uh, elements. Uh, And then I felt that it's time to move on and I decided to pursue an opportunity uh, in an Israeli company, an Israeli-based company with an Israeli leadership team. And I joined AppsFlyer, which was back then um, hyper-growing, I think still is, um, to uh, head the HR for EMEA in Latin America. 
Uh, I joined the company when I had a team of five recruiters and really uh, was part of scaling the company, building the HR team and implementing some of the uh, infrastructures for the HR department there. Um, after a while, I worked um, for Tabula, uh, leading the HR there for uh, Israel and APAC, um, different uh, phase of a company, um, more employees in terms of headcount. And uh, that wasn't part of my plan to leave Tabula at the time I decided, but um, something happened. Uh, we got, uh, Monday and myself got engaged together and, and we felt that um, mutually that's like a good opportunity to, to take. Uh, so I decided unexpectedly uh, to move to Monday a year ago. Uh, and here I am, I'm in Monday. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's for the for the listeners uh, that cannot see you, uh, I have to say, uh, Oshat is, is 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 still a young, still young. I mean that uh, all that career in, uh, in, in and it's only the beginning. Very yeah, impressive. It's only the beginning. Uh, that's true. Uh, but I think I was lucky enough to be part of great companies and to learn a lot. And I feel that every company that was part of my journey taught me a lot about what it means to be a child, what it means to serve as a partner to the business, and even understanding um, the challenges that companies um, that um, um, have a hyper growth stage or global uh, expansion uh, face. Uh, so it kind of like prepared me for this big role in Monday. Uh, today, Monday, I lead um, the HR team globally. We are already 40 people around the globe in HR. Uh, and just a word about Monday. Uh, Monday was funded in uh, 2012 uh, and started as a project management platform. And along the years, we uh, um, added a lot of functions to the system. And today, we um, we position ourselves or we um, what we say that we uh, develop is WorkOS, which is work operating system that allows you um, allows teams from two people to 7,000 employees in different organizations, different industries to um, run their um, workflows and work environment on top of our platform. That's a platform that can help you to develop or to acquire um, more efficiency, more uh, um, fast workflows or, or, uh, or together with the automation and integrations that the product allows um, we see ourselves as a connecting tissue to a lot of different work applications that workers around the, around the globe uh, usually use as part of their day-to-day -day job. Uh, and we are expanding um, very rapidly in the last three years, I guess, uh, doubling our headcount every year since 2018. Uh, so that's about us and about me. Amazing. Um... Yeah, and we will speak about the challenges uh, you guys are facing in Monday uh, in a minute. But uh, just from curiosity, uh, you spoke about your amazing career so far, and, and you mentioned that each one of the roles that you you made uh, uh, basically prepared you for the next role. So now you obviously landed on a very, very complex role, uh, leading the HR in hyper-growing companies such as Monday.com. Uh, can you share with us what is the most exciting or challenging thing about being in HR in, some, in such a company? Yeah, so I think the fact that it keeps changing, uh, I think it requires from us as HR people um, to be very dynamic and flexible in the way, in the way we think. Uh, I feel that um, 
in general as an and as an hyper growing company we are working on some plans or projects that <clears throat> can be relevant now for us but all the time we need to look long term and see what's the next phase of scaling how the company will look like in six months and in a year from now um, and six months for us like a lot happens so um, we need to be very prepared all the time and, and be very mindful for the for the fact that um, you can do something now but you will need uh, you may need to change it um, along the way uh, and I think what's exciting about Monday because it's not only the fact that it's hyper growing I feel what made me fall in love in Monday in a way uh, was the culture uh, and I know a lot of companies say we have a unique culture uh, you should join us because the culture is amazing I think um, here what shocked me is how um, how everyone here kind of like walk the talk and how um, what we speak or what we say about the culture is the same um, in, in terms of how we behave and and I feel that the combination of really making sure that we are transparent, but also a huge focus on um, impact-driven culture, which means focusing a lot about in on the impact you generate and, and being very um, fast in execution. I think that allows us as a company to do great stuff. Um, and as an HR, I think we just need to adjust and, and, and do the same. Uh, so that's exciting uh, for me. And I think that's what made me choose Monday a year ago. Got it. Sounds great. Um, okay, so let's, uh, uh, after a quick introduction, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, the challenges uh, that uh, you guys are uh, dealing with. So um, we all see and face what is going on right now in the market where many tech companies are growing fast. Uh, with many of them going public or securing lots of funds in order to keep their growth. That kind of environment is increasing demand for talents. And as a result, it becomes very challenging for companies to hire new people while retaining the existing team because for the talent, there are so many opportunities out there. Is that a challenge you face at Monday? Today? Of course, I think we're part of the market and the ecosystem, so we're not working in a silo. So I think we share the same challenges uh, that other companies face with too. Uh, and I think maybe we have the strength of the brand or company that has um, enough resources or, or the fact that we're scaling, but in terms of hiring and retain, retaining top, uh, top employees or top talent, I think all of us are in the same boat. In the same, uh, in the same problem. And, yeah. and, and, from, and I'm curious, from, from your perspective, what is more challenging, hiring new employees today or retaining existing ones? So that's a good question. I, <laughs> I thought about it uh, when I uh, read the outline of uh, the, um, the meeting today, and, and it's hard to say. To be honest, it's hard to say what is um, more challenging. I think that... The hiring challenge is maybe more explicit because you have your headcount plan, you should fill out those positions. That is something everyone can see and, and kind of like share the same pain. I think that with employee retention, it's more implicit, which means I cannot know all the time what employees of Monday or any other companies feel or think. I can try and guess, I can try and be proactive or, or kind of like evaluate what will make employees um, think about leaving us as a company, but it's very implicit and it's hard to say. And I think when you have the difficulty to get the full visibility and really 
um, understand what the pain points are. Um, um, it requires to come more proactively with plans and, and um, prevent it when it's small instead of when it becomes a fire. So I think in a way, um, retention can be more challenging. Um, but eventually, I feel it's a circle because you can find a lot of companies that um, put a lot of emphasis on hiring and, and most of the resources go there. But suddenly they understand that they are um, adding a lot of people to the company, but a lot of them sometimes will start leaving or thinking about leaving. So um, if you don't close the circle and you don't make sure that you don't only treat with the initial part of the uh, employee life cycle, Along the way, you will have a big issue. And that's interesting. It's like equivalent to the business case of, uh, you know, having a strong marketing and sales team that bringing a lot of people, a lot of customers, but eventually those customers uh, will churn along the way. So you're okay. basically going with a bucket with a lot of holes. So, yeah. uh, and it's, it, it's interesting that uh, you mentioned that it's maybe harder challenge that uh, to retain people versus hiring them, because I would assume that you know, from knowledge perspective, uh, it's the opposite. When you go out to hire people, uh, you don't really know them. They don't have any commitment to you to share regarding what their experience or why they not picked, picked you, unlike your existing employees where you can speak with them, you, they can share with you how they feel, what they want and what made them stay. Um, but but let's, let's, dive, let's dive into each one of them uh, so we can be more specific. Let's start... Uh, with your permission with recruiting, and then let's go into uh, retaining people. Sure. Um, so first, can you share with us how many people you expect to hire in the next year? So it's still, it's still not finalized um, yet, but I think we're speaking about a plan of uh, 500 to 600 new employees in 2022. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's <laughs> a lot. How many, uh, uh, is it global, right? Yeah, global. Got it. Got it. So. How are you planning to meet that ambitious goal, considering the fact that other HR team in other companies have the same goals uh, to grow fast? What is the critical element in your recruiting strategy that will enable you to reach that goal? Yeah, so first of all, um, I think uh, some of that will be more traditional um, strategies, but for us, um, they are working well. And for me, it means, first of all, making sure that we keep on providing unique candidate experience. This is something we um, keep monitoring and tracking on a monthly basis. Our processes, internal processes, were designed um, in order to really maintain a good candidate and excellent candidate experience. And, and I think from watching other companies uh, in the ecosystem, I feel that we got to a place where we have a very uh, good interaction with candidates along the way and we can provide a great um, experience. Not only that, I think that one of the things we are speaking a lot is um, redefining or um, um, evaluating um, um, every, every several months what the value proposition of Monday is. And I think, it, as I said before, as we keep scaling, it keeps changing. Um, and we need to be very um, um, mindful um, for the fact that if we don't deliver the value pro proposition from maybe the moment um, people even review our career side until they get here and they get 
um, the sense of who we are, um, that will be an issue along the way. Um, and it should be a messaging that is clear for everyone. Um, so we kind of like working on a, an overall value proposition, but also defining value proposition for each of the business units, because for marketing, I think there's like one value proposition. And if you join our R&D team, it will be different. So that is something that um, I see as a short-term uh, um, strategy that will help us. Um, also in terms of short-term short strategy, because we always think about short and long-term long term at the same time, yeah. um, because some of the efforts or the strategies won't be beneficial for now or even for the next five months. It will be beneficial for a year from now. So we always need to think um, parallel in a, in a way. So in the short term, not only candidate experience and not only um, a great uh, um, screening process and value proposition, also being more open to um, remote work positions. For example, in the US, we um, expanded our offices around the US um, and opened positions in more states in the United States in order to allow for more um, qualified candidates to even um, be part of our pipeline. And that was a decision decision that really helped us to overcome some of the hiring challenges that we had. Um, obviously, and I think that is an obvious uh, um, uh, answer, but um, compensation. Uh, we're not putting that as the first priority, but we want to make sure we stay competitive and we stay competitive compared to other companies that are, that are hiring at the moment. That shouldn't be the reason or the main reason uh, employees will choose us, um, but definitely something to um, to take uh, into account. Take out of the equation from their yeah. from their perspective. Yeah, um, in the long term, I think it's more um, um, approaching new pop populations or um, adding more. Um, diversity to um, our recruiting funnel. That is definitely something that we'll start, we've started working on and we will continue to develop in, in um, the next year. Um, we started initiating uh, Monday Academies, which means a bootcamp that we created that uh, um, really uh, allows junior people to join, to do a course that Monday provides. And at the end of the course, we will select the best um, candidates that can get a job offer and join us. I think um, it allows us to hire um, junior people with tons of potential and, and expand our pipeline, but it also um, a mission to add more talented people to the high tech industry. Um, and also building long-term relationships with um, communities and um, future candidates. I feel that um, this is not an effort that um, will provide um, candidates tomorrow, but it's definitely um, will allow us to maintain those relationships. So once people start thinking about their next adventure, they will think about us. Uh, so I think that these are the long-term strategies we identify. Interesting. Um, you mentioned the employee experience and how you guys want to make it from one hand unique and from the other end to align with your uh, culture and, and, and the things that you believe with. Can you elaborate a bit how employee experience looks like, uh, sorry, how uh, um, recruiting experience looks like um, on Monday? What is yeah. unique about that process? Yeah, of course. So I think first, what usually candidates tell us, uh, tell, us uh, um, tell us once they finish the, the recording part is that what we explain them or, or describe them during the recording process and when they decided to join us, it was matching. Um, it was um, um, 
Um, exactly the same. And I think that is something um, that is very unique in the experience because a lot of companies um, tend to sell or um, to build a pitch that um, um, can be very appealing. But once people sign on the job offer and, and join the company, they feel okay, someone promised me something else and now I got a different situation. And for us, I think the fact that it's matching that, that is a first, uh, um, the first item that uh, makes a good candidate experience. Not only that, um, a lot of candidates um, tell us that um, every person they meet in the interview process expresses uh, a huge, a strong passion and, and they see um, the light in their eyes, how passionate they are about Monday. And I think you can build a lot of efficient and great processes, but eventually if the people that you place in front of the candidates are not passionate and, and, and don't provide a sense of uh, professionalism and, and also people that you want to work with, the experience won't be um, a good one. And on top of that, one of the things, for example, every person that has an interview in Monday gets uh, a phone uh, call after the interview. Even if we decide to reject them, they get a phone call. So that's, for example, um, a system we um, created here. We don't want candidates to get uh, a numb email that tells you, okay, you got rejected. We call every candidate and we give them the reason for rejection. And for us, it's a lot of resource in terms of recruitment capacity, but this is a decision we made to stay um, very close to the candidates and be very transparent as part of our culture. And I think that's very unique in the industry. Very interesting. Um, yeah, I think that once, once you put that, uh, um, like in marketing, once you put the customer here, which is the talent in a place where even if eventually he's not buying the product, he's still going out and very happy with what he experienced. I guess uh, you will get uh, you will get the ROI uh, later on uh, when it comes to you guys keep scaling. Um, no, that's great, uh, great, great insight. Okay, so just uh, uh, another quick question regarding uh, recruiting. So I, I guess you guys um, know what exactly the the main reason. Uh, that eventually candidate picked you versus other companies, which there are so many other great companies out there that are well compensated and moving well and they have amazing businesses. But what eventually make someone leaving his current job and pick Monday or pick Monday versus other uh, opportunities they have? Yeah, so besides what I mentioned about meeting the people and see the passion and see how connected they are to Monday, I feel that our culture that focus a lot of impact on, on, on impact, that is something that really makes candidate uh, passionate about us because what we emphasize and, and it happens on a daily basis here that no matter which role you have in the company, what level of seniority, you have the opportunity to make an impact. And the fact that we are operating extremely fast and we are, um, um, challenging the uh, our our standards, our internal standards, and and keeps uh, evolving on the, all the time. Um, I think that makes people see that they have a place to come and make real changes and and do great stuff. And again, it doesn't matter if it if it's in marketing or in sales or in um, product. Uh, I feel um, that is something that really touches people when they um, have the interaction. And I think on also the fact that when you hear 
um, our mission or when you see the product and you understand that it has unlimited opportunities in terms of how many workers around the globe we can reach out to and, and the type of industries. It feels like a huge opportunity to be part of a company that has plenty of growing opportunities um, from a market point of view. So I think the combination of the people they meet, um, the, the unique culture that they feel already from the interview process and the potential of the product and the industry, all of that together make them choose us. Interesting, because what you mentioned basically are the main reason why people leave in their job, uh, yeah. where they don't have, uh, they, they don't feel they have any impact or they can be uh, 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 progressed with the knowledge and, and, and the company not giving them anything for one hand, and the personal relationship with their yeah. uh, supervisors or colleagues. So yeah. I guess that you're facing that from the recruiting start, uh, point, and that's, uh, that's very interesting and very clever. Um, one last thing about uh, recruiting, and then let's uh, speak about uh, how we retain people. Um, let's talk about the COVID situation for a minute. How does the impact of the COVID affect the rec your recruiting process, if, if there was any effect? Yeah, so I think, again, as I said, because we operate extremely fast, in 24 hours, once COVID hit, um, we transitioned our entire global recruiting process to be remote. Uh, I think that um, it works quite well for us, and I don't see that um, it harmed us in a, in a way. What we usually try to do, and it's mostly in Israel, we try to at least once uh, invite the candidates here to the office to feel the vibe, to feel the energy. Um, but definitely most of the process is remote. I think we found, we found that... Even today, uh, when, when the COVID yeah. is a bit more in control, still the pro is even in Israel, right? Yeah, even in Israel, um, the office is open, but uh, it's very flexible. So if candidates are interested in coming more, they are welcome to do that. But we don't force anyone to come and we do everything remotely. Uh, I think the fact, again, um, that um, we don't speak a lot before we um, do the change. We don't believe in speaking um, dozens of hours and then rolling out the change. We just start and change along the way and improve as we go. We just started, understood where were the pain points, and, and most of that is remotely today. And, and it's still, when, when it's remotely, it's still the culture thing and the, all the vibes around Monday, you managed to, uh, to get it through. Uh, even I think, I think most of it, yes. Obviously, I think if people um, can come to the office, it's better, but we operate uh, um, according to the circumstances. So, yeah. You are yeah. Best. Yeah. And, 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 and you feel like today on the post-COVID versus the pre-COVID, um, what do you think about the effectiveness of processes? Do you feel like um, the processes become shorter, longer, tougher? In terms of recording? In terms of recording, yeah. I think um, it, it didn't become longer um, because we had the same process and we did the same. Um, I think in some, maybe in some positions or in places where we don't have a huge team to support, um, it may be uh, more challenging, but I don't think it's related specifically to COVID, but more of our ability to scale or our ability to um, support um, the needs that the business has in terms of recording. Got it, got it. 
All right, so I think uh, we, we got a few very interesting uh, insights regarding how you guys are dealing with uh, recruiting and good luck with uh, hiring another 500, 600 people in the next year. I'm sure Thank you're going you. to nail it. Yeah, we'll um, need that. Um, um, we'll need your blessing. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk a bit about how you retain your uh, employees. We started speaking about it at the beginning of the podcast. So um, obviously, in addition to an effective recruiting process, I guess the other challenge is keeping employees engaged. Yeah. Given this highly competitive landscape, I would assume that retention is becoming more challenges. Can you share the main factors you believe? that keeps eventually employees working on your companies, what you're doing in order to do it. You mentioned culture, but maybe give us a bit more details. Yeah. So, so I think, yeah, again, I will say culture, culture and culture. I think it starts yeah. and ends in that. Um, and, and I usually hear a lot of uh, uh, HR people or, or even uh, uh, um, leadership teams in, in different companies where, um, where they find the HR team accountable for culture. And for me, I think what's, uh, what, what I really like here um, in Monday is that the culture started from our co-CEOs and they are very committed and they um, dra- drove the culture and generated what they believe in. And I think it was um, transitioned to um, the employees that continued to join um, a year after year. Um, so I think once we see culture as a shared um, responsibility and as something that we need to generate, um, I think um more employees feel it. And I, and I spoke about our culture, the fact that we are very transparent. We speak about everything. Um, we share um, a lot, almost everything we can um, with our employees. Maybe the only things we can share is everything that is related to um, our being a public company. But, every, but everything we can share, we do that. And I think once Can people- you give us an uh, example regarding what kind of things you share with your employees? Like- so I think before going public, we had dashboards that were open to everyone and every employee in the company could see our financial results and, and deliverables. Now that we are public, we can't publish the results until we publish them to the market. But yeah. we keep um, um, exposing employees to our board meetings, um, to our um, earning calls reviews, to um, decisions that we make uh, in the company. Um, changes even the IPO process. Um, when we decided to go public, even um, before we had a plan, even before we had a timeline, um, we communicated that to um, to the employees, and that was a very risky move. And, and a lot of companies will judge it because it can be um, um, quickly um, delivered to people outside of the company. But we decided yeah. to do that, and I think those are signs of real transparency. Um, and also what I said about um, impact driven and, and fast execution and the fact that we part of our culture is um, the fact that we are a product company and we are customer centric. I think it gives people a sense of purpose that we are here to do great stuff for our customers, that we want to build a product that really um, serves people, that really makes people lives easier. And I think once people get the sense of purpose, and that is something, by the way, we need to work on all the time because it's not enough. You need to communicate it again and again and again. So the new joiners and people that have been with us for a longer time um, will hear that. So it starts with culture and it ends with culture, but I feel that today it's not enough. Um, I think another um, item or theme that I see a lot is 
the career development piece or professional development. I think today people expect more from their employees, employers. They feel that employers in a way are committed to draw a uh, um, kind of like a journey or a path employee can go. And though I still, I believe a lot in the fact that employees should be proactive and should be accountable for their own growth. We also have a role as a company, as an HR people to um, bring the right infrastructure and help employees to see they have enough of opportunities to grow within the company. Um, and that is something that we put a lot of focus on, creating development plans for employees, um, skilling the managers with the right tools to really be the career enablers for their employees. Um, and, and it takes time. It's a matter of education. It's a matter of changing mindset. And, and, and that is something we need to invest more in. Absolutely. And, and, and when you're thinking about all the great things that you mentioned, who who is the main who has the main responsibility for for the retention for retaining uh, 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 employees is that around the HR department or it's more uh, around the the professional managers yeah I How think I will give you the common answer that it's a mutual responsibility I feel that the manager is basically the person that has the most common interaction with the employee and 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 basically when a manager is qualified enough, um, to facilitate um, the relationship, to um, provide a sense of purpose, to make sure that employees feel um, valued and recognized. All of that is something that only a manager can provide. As HR, I think we should come with the right tools, the right infrastructures and the right plans and put them in place so managers can use them. But for me, it's a mutual responsibility. I can't say that HR is responsible only for retention and not only the managers, of course. Yeah, but but I guess that uh, when you want, when eventually uh, on the day-to-day -day basis, eventually the employee working with with their managers, and they need to feel that someone is uh, is concerned about them and and have uh, all the incentive to to promote them and to make them happy. If that's not going to be the case, how do you know it? Like, how do you how how you guys are aware to that those kind of things? Yeah, so first of all, we have uh, um, a big team of HR business partners that support the different departments, and they have a lot of check-ins and conversations with employees. So if something doesn't work, we will know it, um, um, but it's not enough. I think that is more a qualitative approach, but from a, a, a numerical approach, we um, conduct engagement surveys, and in the surveys, we have um, categories that um, re um, refer only to the manager role and to the interaction with the manager. And then we can see, though it's anonymous, we can see, um, we can um, review it by a team level and by a department level. And, and if there is an issue, I want to believe that our employees will vote for that and will tell us that something is wrong. So that is another right. way to really monitor um, managerial skills. Interesting. And by the way, do you see any difference between uh, um, retaining uh, uh, someone from Israel, a talent from Israel versus retaining a talent from the US? So I think there are some common um, themes for talents around the globe. And I think it's always about development and um, their um, managerial model and compensation, obviously, and a sense of yeah. purpose. I think as human being, all of, all of us look for the same um, things in a way. Basic so that, uh, ingredients, yeah. Yeah, that is common. But I, if I need to identify, and I think there are some 
um, differences according to locations. For example, in the US, we see that employees are minded about um, diversity and how um, inclu inclu inclusive we are in our culture, or they speak a lot about burnout and mental health. So we invest some resources and efforts in those areas because we understand this is important for our US employees. It doesn't mean that we don't invest those areas uh, in, the, in the Israeli employees, but we can see some differences in what makes people um, curious or bothered by. So, um, and I think that the, the approach we're taking is always global. In a way, we have our global standards and things we try to, um, to do um, in every side of Monday around the, around the world, but we also make the different adjustments according to locations. Amazing. Got it. Okay, the last question regarding retaining, um, it's a bit of um, a hard question, so uh, feel free to let me know if you don't want to answer it, but after you spoke about all the great things you guys are doing with, for retaining, eventually what is the main reason employees decided to leave monday.com? Yeah. So um, I think first, um, when employee decides to leave, we usually do a retrospective and we ask ourselves, um, was it uh, an employee that um, we feel it was a loss or um, we understand it was a natural move and it was okay um, that uh, the employee decided to go? And I think um, the approach will be different um, for different employees, but in general, um, I think most of them, um, decide to leave because they need a new adventure. They want to work for a smaller company. I think we see a lot of new startup companies in the ecosystem um, that has the opportunity to build things from scratch. And for some people, um, that's a huge opportunity and a huge adventure. I think part of those companies tend to offer some of our employees uh, a lead position or a lead, like a management position um, to become a VP or a head of um, something we, um, not, we, are, we are not feeling that necessarily is a good fit for us here, um, but for the employee, it can be a game changer. So I think most of the reasons eventually refer to career change or career development. Interesting. And those, those kind of things are things that... Uh, retrospectively you think you would be able to handle better or it's something that eventually different type of companies so it really it really depends on the employee i think in some cases we understood that we could have done better we could have uh, um, um, been more flexible or offer more opportunities but in most of the cases um, we we feel that um, we were okay with it because not because we don't appreciate the employee because for example, we didn't think at the same time that the employee was ready to make a jump to become, for example, a group leader or a director role. So we won't compromise what we believe in just to make employees uh, uh, fully satisfied. We obviously try to find a balance and make sure that employees will feel satisfied and, and will, will feel that they accomplished big things in their journey. But eventually, if it doesn't fit the right timing for us, so it means maybe we'll need to part ways and it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's the, the, right, the right things to do. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, we're almost uh, running out of time and I have tons of questions for you. Maybe we'll do another episode, but uh, mm -hmm. we promise our audience that uh, we also speak about a little bit about technology because obviously what we all learn from COVID is that um, we need to adopt technology as quick as possible in every front uh, in order to... Uh, uh, to scale properly. 
And I wonder uh, how that uh, um, that subject is being uh, handled uh, on Monday.com. So everyone is speaking about the opportunity of using technology to become more effective. Can you tell us your perspective on technology and what attention you're giving it as part of your HR strategy? Where are the things that you're looking for such solutions? Yeah. So first of all, we have the benefit of uh, having Monday as a product. And I think uh, mm. that's a huge benefit that other HR yeah. departments don't have. And the fact that we can run um, our onboarding processes or offboarding uh, um, 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 process or um, any other HR process within Monday, um, that's a huge benefit for us. So um, sometimes we don't need to... Um, to seek um, new HR technologies externally because we can find a solution um, internally within Monday. Um, but in cases where it's not enough and we need more um, complexity or we need uh, a system that um, can do um, can do other um, um, to can have other features that Monday don't uh, facilitate. What we're usually trying to do is first we are trying to really make sure that the system um, we uh, we launch or we uh, acquire will be something that. Um, employees will use. We set tons of KPIs and, and even before uh, implementing the system to make sure that we can know if it was successful or it was a failure. Um, and I'm not saying we, um, um, we are 100% right all the time. I can tell you that today we have plenty of system in the company, not only in HR, and we, um, we can find system that we feel, we feel very satisfied with and some that um, are less uh, um, relevant for us or less uh, um, helpful. Um, so we're trying to think if it's going to solve any problem or any issue or what we're asking ourselves, do we have the ability to support it internally? If we don't, let's seek for, a, for outside, outside of the company. And a good example is um, our engagement surveys. Until now, we conducted our engagement surveys through our HR information system. And the fact that um, it didn't have any analytics feature that can analyze the results. We did everything manually um, with PowerPoint. <clears throat> this year, we implemented a new system for surveys that really help us um, to launch the process and to get in one click uh, a lot of analytics for every um, business unit or, or every VP that has a department in the company. So that's a good example of a capability that we couldn't find internally and we decided to um, take out external. Yeah, sounds, uh, sounds like very straightforward. And, 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 and can you today identify the parts, whether in, in all the HR aspects where you guys are seeking for uh, opportunities to uh, implement a technology that will help you to become more effective? Yeah, so I think we review all the time some AI tools in recruiting. Uh, I think some are more relevant, some are less, um, but mostly in our learning and development um, piece, that's where I see most of the system. And, and it means um, the survey uh, piece and 360 questionnaires um, that can be generated automatically within a system. Um, even um, systems for career development, for online learning um, that can provide people opportunities. We started working with an online coaching platform that um, can really facilitate our employees' aspirations and help them with online, online coaches. So I think the areas where we see 
the huge benefit or the huge impact for the company is in our learning and development. And also in terms of compensation management and um, talent reward um, systems, that is, that is something that we recently started to review and we expect to make some changes during 2022. Amazing. Um, and, and, and maybe the last thing about uh, the last question about technology. Um, when, you, when you guys and maybe for, for our startups audience, uh, when you guys are testing a new technology, what, what does it take for a, a startup to come to Monday and eventually uh, uh, run a pilot? What is it required? Oh, huh, that's a good question. So I think we serve as design partners for um, different startups. Um, sometimes um, it, it just needs to um, raise our curiosity if it seems like something that um, we'll be curious to test and also that can, again, generate a benefit for our employees or for our managers. That is something that we will be willing to um, test. Um, and again, it's usually in areas where um, we don't have a presence of a system today or we feel that we need to be more automated. Um, it usually comes for our pain points and not from places where we feel satisfied with. Got it. Got it. Okay, Oshat, unfortunately, we got to the end of our episode. It was great to speak with you and learn from your vast experience and uh, mainly on facing the most critical challenge of growing a business, which is hiring and retaining uh, the best people. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have more time, but maybe we will do another episode later on. So thank I you thank for inviting you. me. And it was a pleasure. Yeah, it was, it was a real pleasure. So thank you so much, Oshat. And I hope uh, you enjoyed from this episode and see you again in the next episode of Recruiting in Action. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.